Hello, and welcome back to Daily Fart. Uh, I held off on making an episode for a couple days because I wanted to do some some research, and I was kind of inspired to talk about this topic, so I uh, wanted to make sure I wasn't just speaking out of my ass. And so what I want to begin with, well, I'll just explain the topic. So we're, we're episode 12, by the way. If I, didn't, I, I don't know. If, if memory of a goldfish. Um I lost my train of thought. Uh, we're at um, what are we talking about? Yeah, we're talking about the topic. Okay, so the topic of the this episode is we're gonna talk about democracy, and actually we're gonna talk about ideal versus real democracy. And um, I kind of had this like so. Most of the people that are close to me know that I'm going through. A bit of a phase uh, with uh, after I saw the the musical Hamilton I've just been listening to it nonstop and going back to it I really enjoyed it I thought it was really well done and as a musical in terms of a medium to learn about history however accurate it is because I know it isn't that accurate it was informative and it inspired me to go out and learn more uh, and I have done that because I'm doing this podcast now to share what I've learned uh, and basically, I wanted to kind of talk a bit about democracy because uh, in the United States right now, they are going through what has been kind of hyped up to be a very crucial election um, that will kind of decide the fate of that country for the next four years. Now, that being said, I think that every election is very important. I think that every time you elect someone you are choosing the fate of your country for the next four years right or however you know you're choosing you're, you're looking at a person you're determining what they're gonna you're you're predicting what they're gonna do based off what they tell you um and i thought it was interesting if we kind of took a separate approach to talking about democracy and I don't want to get into politics and I don't want to get into left and right and all that because I don't understand it. Um, that's not me being ignorant. That's just me not letting those ideals get into my head because I don't I don't need that. I'd rather consume information, make my own informed decisions. Uh, but that's that's you know that's my personal opinion on on how I deal with politics. We're going to stay out of politics and we're going to talk about the actual system itself of democracy and um essentially uh in a future episode i'm going to kind of talk about communism as well <laughs> and uh i think i will have a similar kind of approach to that and so basically the way that i'm going to tackle this is i'm going to look at ideals versus actual so i'm going to talk about something that is supposed to happen in an ideal situation versus what is happening in real life, right? And I'm not going to use too many facts and figures. This is just going to be a discussion. It's abstract. It's a reflection of sorts. I don't want to get into specifics, but I guarantee what I'm going to be talking about is something you can observe, uh, and that is the, the truth. Okay. So, oh, I just bumped the mic. Um, so, uh, the... F so I'm going to kind of go through some of the points for an ideal democracy. I'm looking this up on Britannica. This is definitions, right? 
uh, and this is based off of actually uh, Aristotle uh, because he thought that it was good to set a like a boundary uh, or not a boundary but like um, a framework of what an ideal system looks like and then kind of work towards that um, and basically you can look at the ideal system you can analyze it you can say under ideal conditions this is what you can observe and then you look at what's practically happening and you can modify or you can hope to get closer to those ideals. It's actually a concept used in science and, and research a lot is examining ideal situations and adjusting to um, what actually is observed. Uh, it happens with people who are making simulations sometimes. Uh, sometimes you're making simulations, you observe that what you're simulating on your computer is not what's actually happening because you are not taking into account all of the losses in a system or you're not taking into account um the like you know the limits of the the math you're using to run that simulation and i think that identifying the difference differences between ideal and and um practical systems especially in terms of democracy, uh, because it is truly a system, uh, is a very interesting and very important thing that we should kind of focus more on. Um, so I, I was just going to start. I'm going to talk a little bit about the, a couple features. Um, so the first one is effective participation. Um, basically, this means that... Uh, people have the opportunity to um, express their views about a particular policy um, before it's uh, outright rejected or outright approved. Uh, people should have equality in voting. Um, so all members of that community or in, in that country or society or that demographic or the of the of that of those people everyone should have an opportunity to vote um uh informed electorate um members uh yeah so informed electorate so basically this one is talking more about like being um able to clearly identify uh, a policy that you know policies that people are running on and have a reasonable amount of time to process it analyze it and come to their own uh, decisions uh, and examine other po like possible uh, policies and um, kind of have a chance to like look into the consequences of uh, you know a certain policy before it's implemented uh, Fourth uh, is the citizen control of the agenda. Um, the uh, the order in which decisions are made are um, in control of the citizens to meet the citizens' needs. Uh, so if currently we're struggling with something like... Um, 
say police brutality that should be at the forefront of policy and uh you know if that's what the people decide is the forefront of the issues right now that need to be focused on that and that's this is just an example but um you know you can see how like that is an important thing uh inclusion uh is that um uh everyone has uh the ability to participate um control the agenda they're able basically everyone has a say in being able to participate in the selection implementation or rejection of policy uh fundamental rights um and uh uh people should have the fundamental right to participate in democracy uh, you cannot take away people's democracy uh, or like people's right to it and making it a fundamental right makes it kind of sacred in that sense um, and so yeah so basically saying all of those we kind of get this picture of what an ideal democracy looks like it's this you know it's a system where everyone is given the same opportunity to vote everybody has the same access to voting everybody has the same you know has a reasonable amount of time to review policies to to make informed decisions to propose you know everyone has that right um to do those things now comparing that to some of the um some of the things that are actually happening um Uh, I think the important one that kind of stood out to me is uh, the citizen control of the agenda. And so here, here's the thing. Uh, democracies in the, in the real world do not have a live policy changer, right? We don't have an app on our phone that kind of lets us choose which policies that we agree with and they're live being voted on every single minute right and then as they change the policy is being updated well and there's a reason for that is these are practical you know the practical reasons for that being that it would be impossible to you know let's say there was a pandemic and suddenly today people aren't feeling like they want to stay inside so they vote on their phone I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want this law to exist. I don't want this ruling, this policy, uh, you know, to be a thing. Uh, then how would the infor- enforcement of that look like? Um, you would have to go and communicate to everyone that these are the laws and this is the, you know, it, it's not an accessible, reasonable thing to assume that you can, uh, in the real world, f- um change the policies of a, of a country overnight. Um, that being said, uh, in an ideal world, you would want this. You would want people's uh, thoughts, you know, the republic as a, as a whole, the, the populace of a, of a, you know, the voting populace of a country to have their voice heard. Now that kind of leads us into talking about uh, inclusion. Um, we have to set limits on who can participate in elections. We don't let people younger than 18 participate uh, because we don't, 
think that they have the capacity to make an informed voting decision. Um, you, you can argue for or against that, but that's pretty much what we have in most countries, right? I don't think I can't think of one country where they let very young people vote. On top of that, um, uh, we don't let people from, you know, and we don't sometimes don't let uh, immigrants vote until they are residents of a country, uh, until they are citizens, right? They may be living in those communities and be affected by those policies, but they are not included uh, for the sole reason that they don't uh, permanently live there. Um, and, and so all of these, you know, things in practice, every, you know, in, in practice, it's not practical again to represent every person. Uh, you, you think about this practically, uh, let's say in, uh, someone immigrating to Canada was, uh, suddenly there's a new policy and the, the system has changed and an ideal system, they'd be able to, uh, vote. So, uh, you know, let's say they vote on a policy that allows more people, uh, from their country to come in. And then there's more and more people and they're being represented more. Uh, and maybe their, their policy doesn't line up with, you know, Canadians views, and maybe they start outnumbering the people in the country. Again, this is just all hypothetical and I'm kind of speaking out of my ass here cause I don't, you know, I'm just kind of spitballing, but this is, this is just to kind of show you that there are a lot of caveats to why we can't include everyone. Uh, f f with talking about the under 18 thing, um, how do you collect a ballot from a child who's unable to communicate that uh, from a baby who doesn't understand? Or at what point do you understand what voting is and can make an informed decision? Um, the government sets the age 18, but in an ideal democracy, we would be able to get that vote from a baby. We would be able to know that baby would have the ability to uh, communicate their vote and maybe feel represented. Um, now, in the real world, the implications of that are uh, people under 18 and babies uh, depend on other people to make decisions uh, for them. I'm not saying this is wrong and this should be changed. I'm just pointing out that, that we... Uh, that a, a child under the age of 18 that is not considered an adult and cannot vote is depending on adults to make decisions that will benefit them or would, would align with their um, benefit. Now, in an ideal democracy, you wouldn't, you know, you're not given the equal opportunity. It wouldn't work. But in practical this is the best kind of compromise we get to. And, I, and I'm not saying it's the best because maybe one, one day we can read minds and travel to the future and be able to predict what people's, uh, you know, thoughts are. And that's getting way into philosophical, deterministic versus, you know, we have control kind of. <laughs> and um, that's a weird, weird place. So we're going we're gonna to backpedal back to democracy. Um, uh 
Oh yeah, another thing with the citizen control of agenda. The another thing is you can't uh, immediately bring issues to the forefront of a democracy. It takes time. It takes petitioning. It takes things that it, it is not suddenly that your issue is raised to the front because you believe in it. It it takes time for policy, and I think that's one of the you know the things about government that's very difficult is that there is a delay there is a delay between between what people want and when it gets done um and then i think the um i think that some some of the other points like being informed or being um being able to effectively participate uh in a democracy is something that not everyone in the real world gets to do. Uh, I was watching a Philip DeFranco video, and he kind of talked about how people have to wait eight to nine hours in the States to go cast their vote. Eight to nine hours. I'll tell you right now, um, I don't think I could come up with eight to nine hours in a day to just go and vote like i don't think i have that ability sure three hours four hours maybe all right i can make some time i can push things around and i'm a student i have a very flexible schedule especially in the online world like where our classes are all online i still have a lot of stuff to do and making t uh, time for eight hours to go and vote is not an accessible option for everyone sure if you're you know if you're rich and you don't have to show up to work and that's very convenient for you. But the idea that it is, you know, easy and accessible for everyone to participate in the democracy is false in, in the real world. There are limitations. People are not able to take that much time off. People might need those eight hours to be able to put food on the table for their children or for themselves or to support, to pay rent, to, you know, a lot of people have lost their jobs and have their livelihoods affected by the coronavirus. This is an example of something that is not ideal. Not everyone has equal participation or equal accessibility to the voting process. Therefore, people do not have equal accessibility to democracy. It varies. Um, Equality in voting, I think this one is easy. It, this this kind of means that uh, no one vote should be considered more valuable than the other. I think this is one that I'd say is fairly consistent. Um, for example, if I vote, it is equivalent to someone making a billion dollars. They also get one vote. They don't suddenly get 10 votes because they've contributed so much in taxpayer money that their opinion is more valid. Um, or at least I think that's not how it works. <laughs> so that is, a, you know, this is a fairly straightforward one. There isn't a lot of, you know, leeway to, and there isn't a lot in the real world that is kind of holding you back from having people, uh, people's votes be equal. 
And um, I think the other one, the final one I want to end off with, because we're getting to about 20 minutes here, is I wanted to talk about uh, effective participation. Or no, informed electorate is the idea that um, that people should have the opportunity, um, and it says within a reasonable amount of time, to learn about the policies and possible alternative policies and their likely consequences. This is something I think that all democracies across the world kind of have have not worked hard enough on. Uh, it is something that we all need to kind of work towards is transparency and openness. Uh, we shouldn't push ideas and policies through um, without knowing the full extent of it. If we are truly working towards the betterment of society and betterment of, of you know, mutual benefit of everyone, we live in democracies so that we can enjoy the, you know, the, the shared benefit of living together in harmony, then we should also um, be able to know about what we are voting on. And oftentimes, I don't know what I'm voting on. Oftentimes, it is not clear. Oftentimes, I have to go and read a hundred different articles to to like to get a good picture of what one person is saying, what they what their their policies are. Uh, and I and I understand it's very difficult for for campaigns to kind of communicate, but I think that transparency here is likely the way forward to kind of moving towards a more ideal model of democracy. Now I've kind of talked a little bit about ideal democracy and um, what you know, what actually happens. And uh, I've given some examples. Uh, again, some of these examples are just kind of made on by my head. I, you spitball this. I don't have a script when I write these. Uh, so take that. Uh, if I made any mistakes, feel free to let me know and uh, we'll have a conversation about it. Um, but yeah, so this has been episode 12. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy it and look forward to the communism one. It's going to be a lot more interesting because uh, I have a lot more thoughts on that one. Um, yeah. Bye.